changing your life one story at a time. This is the Chicken Soup for the Soul podcast with Editor-in-Chief Amy Newmark. Hey, it's Amy Newmark, and it's Friend Friday on the Chicken Soup for the Soul podcast. And I'm really pleased today to introduce you to one of our story writers, Nick Walker. He has a story in Chicken Soup for the Soul, Step Outside Your Comfort Zone. And it's actually very interesting because it's how he stepped outside his comfort zone, basically being a team player at work. And he discovered a new career that he absolutely loves. So, Nick, welcome to the Chicken Soup for the Soul podcast. Thank you so much, Amy. It's, it's a pleasure to be here with you. So I'm giving away this, the story a little bit by talking about your bio, but I will say that you have had a broadcasting career that has spanned more than 35 years, starting as a news reporter and ending up as a national, very well-known weatherman. You also do voiceover work. And I know you also have some cool rap songs that you sing to teach <laughs> weather to kids. We could talk about that later. Uh, I know you also do some documentaries on the Weather Channel, and you are an author, too, not just of a chicken soup for the soul story, but you have a book and CD for children called Sing Along with the Weather Dude, and you also have a program you perform as the Weather Dude at schools and at science fairs and festivals, and you're a singer and songwriter as well. Uh, And I actually saw a couple of videos of you. I saw Late Night with David Letterman where they they showed you, right? And um, yeah, that that was a surprise. Yeah, and and I think also one of the characters in the Gilmore Girls expressed her love for you that she had a crush on you that she was a big Nick Walker fan. So you've popped up in different places on television. Yeah, it's it's kind of strange to have fictitious fans like that. It kind of makes me wonder if all my fans are fictitious. I think you have a television writer fan, and she expressed her admiration <laughs> for you through the character Babette on the Gilmore Girls. <laughs> well, I, I, I hope so. I actually gave them a shout-out uh, in return to the next day <laughs> on our show. Oh, well, that's really nice. So I want to talk about all these things that you do, and I want to hear some weatherman stories. But let's first talk about your story in Chicken Soup for the Soul, Step Outside Your Comfort Zone, because, you know, It's late December. New Year's resolutions are around the corner. And one of the resolutions that a lot of people make is to deal with that career that they don't love and switch instead to something that they're really passionate about. So let's talk about your story in our new book, Chicken Soup for the Soul, Step Outside Your Comfort Zone. Well, you can call it an accident. uh, You can call it fate. But it was a time when I was faced with doing something that was very uncomfortable for me at the time, actually being forced to do something I was not good at. But as you said, it ended up becoming a career change for me. This happened uh, a little more than 25 years ago. I was a news reporter at a local TV station. Well, one Monday morning, I walked into the newsroom, and the newsroom secretary said to me, she says, the boss wants to see you. Of course, immediately I thought, okay, it's only Monday. I couldn't have done anything wrong yet. Uh, So I knocked on the open door of the boss's office. He waved me in, got right to the point. He told me, our weekend meteorologist has suddenly left us, and I need you to fill in on the Saturday and Sunday newscasts until we can find a replacement. So how about that? Now, now mind you, I was a news reporter, okay? I knew nothing about weather. So I asked him, I said, you sure you got the right guy here? 
And he said, ah, you know, you can do it. Sure you can. But besides, you have all week to get ready. <laughs> and I'm thinking, five days? Are you kidding me? But I had learned years before that you know, I shouldn't argue with the boss. So instead, I decided to put him off. I, I said, okay, can I take just a little bit of time to think about this? This is pretty major. Sure, he said, yeah, think about it. And then I walked out. So the more I thought about it, the more I thought, okay, this is a bad idea. Okay, sure, I've worked in TV news for 14 years. I know how to speak on camera, but this was different. I knew nothing about meteorology. And what's more, I had no idea how the weather guys got their information or, or how to operate the computers that generated the on-air maps. I almost laughed. I, I, I couldn't learn how to do that in five days, probably not in five years. So back then, did you have to stand in front of one of those blank green screens or... Oh yeah, oh yeah. We had we had the uh, the green screen, and that was that was something too that I had to get used to because, you know, you you can't really see what you're pointing to unless you look at a television monitor over on the side. Uh, you know, it's um it, it's and it's kind of weird. You know, you're we're used to seeing ourselves in a mirror, and we raise our right hand, and and in the mirror the left hand goes up. But you know, it's not a mirror image on TV, so you're looking at yourself, you raise your, your right hand, and your real right hand goes up, so it's backwards from what we're used to seeing, so that, that takes a little bit of getting used to as well. Uh, and, and of course, you have to watch what you wear. You can't wear green, because that becomes your weather map. Oh, I didn't think about that. I was doing a TV interview a few weeks ago, and I they had the weather on a lot, and I was watching the guy standing at the green screen and pointing at nothing, and then I was looking at the monitor, though, and seeing the newscast, and I thought, wow, I wonder how long it takes to figure out how to do that and to know where to point, because it it doesn't occur to anybody that the guy is standing in front of a blank screen. They use it the same way in the movies to, you know, put actors in a computer-generated background. It's the same technique, but it is a little disconcerting at first, because when you're pointing to your maps, they're not really physically there. They're just on TV. So you have to watch TV just like everybody else in order to see where you're pointing. So you became a weatherman and it went really well. So how long did it take before you decided, okay, I'm no longer a TV news reporter. I am officially a weatherman. <laughs> that actually did take quite a while. And, and it, was, it was the transition that was the toughest part because, um, because you know, I, I didn't know meteorology at the time. I did learn how to operate the on-air computer, uh, and uh, and I learned how to get my forecast from the National Weather Service. You know, I, they didn't trust me with anything else. You know, say word for word, just like the National Weather Service forecast. And I said, fine, I I can't do it any other way. But it was that that transition. It was that first time on the air that uh, that was just uh, so nerve-wracking because it was so different from what I had been used to. You know, I'd been a news reporter for. 14 years, and I was pretty confident in uh, my news reporting abilities. But here I was in a major market uh, TV station, uh, basically having to talk about something that I didn't know much about. And so I got a lot of coaching from the other people. And of course, that helped. They were very patient with me. But nevertheless, I, uh, I had to stumble through it um, for quite a while. So what is it like being a weatherman instead of a news reporter? Is it easier? I mean, you're, you don't have to go anywhere. Or do they start assigning you other things like I sometimes see on smaller TV stations, the weatherman goes and does the human interest stories, and he does a lot of other things besides the weather. And I did continue to do that. Uh, I was doing the weather on the weekends, and during the week I would do feature stories. 
but it's a it's a different skill set. I, I was pretty good at, at interviewing people and figuring out the best portions of their interview to use and, and editing that down and, um, and writing a story. And you don't really use that particular skill set on the air quite as much. There's, there's still writing techniques that you think about uh, when, you, um, when, you, when you do the weather because you have to organize your thoughts in, in a way, you know, you have a topic sentence, you know, what's your main weather story? Each map is like a paragraph and you have transitions between the paragraphs. And so there's, there's writing techniques that you use uh, in delivering, but you, but you don't ever really write it down. So in the past, I had been used to writing things down and then just reading them. And here I was basically having to sort of organize it in my head beforehand and then just going out and talking. And I wasn't as used to just talking off the cuff. And that's was really what took a long time to learn and get used to. Yeah, I can see that. And you have to make weather exciting. Now, when did you move from doing local weather to being a national weatherman? Well, about 18 years ago, uh, I was, was actually laid off from, uh, from my weather job. It, it, just a series of circumstances. We had um, a new company buy the television station. The television station decided they weren't going to have a newscast anymore. So everybody in the newsroom was suddenly gone. And so we were suddenly looking for jobs. Folks from the Weather Channel had actually seen a tape of me and they gave me a call. And actually the timing was, was amazing because it was actually just about a week before uh, I was laid off that they first called and I wasn't interested at the time, but I suddenly became very interested <laughs> about a week later. And, uh, so I, I went out to Atlanta and interviewed and thought, okay, this is a major move from where I was, uh, but uh, well, let's let's go for it. So that's interesting. And then at the Weather Channel, you have to make a lot of stories. It really is more like you're reporting the news, especially as we seem to have so many more disasters occurring because of weather. So do you almost feel like you've circled back to being a news reporter again? In many ways. In many ways, yeah. On the Weather Channel, uh, we basically do weather newscasts. We have a lead story. Uh, you know, we have a few secondary stories. Uh, sometimes, when when the lead story is, you know, a landfalling hurricane or or something like that, it it is the only story, and we we you know cover it, uh, you know, 24 hours a day until until it's over. So it is, in many ways, very much like a newscast. And, uh, and we do have partial scripts. I, I say partial scripts because uh, we have writers who will write something to go with video that we're putting on the air. But, uh, but there's a lot of ad-libbing as well. So we're going back and forth between scripts and ad-libbing, scripts and ad-libbing uh, all the time. Are there funny moments in being a weatherman or really weird moments? Do you have some great weatherman stories that you can share with us? Well, I have a couple I can probably share. <laughs> It, it, one, one of those actually has to do with the green screen. It, I was uh, early on when I was doing weather. I really hadn't become familiar with a green screen that much, but St. Patrick's Day came, and and we had this person in the newsroom who said, "Hey, uh, I'm going to put these big, gigantic shamrocks on everybody's lapel, and you you wear them on the air." So I said, "Okay, okay, fine, that's cool." So I went out in front of the camera with this big green shamrock on my lapel got in front of the camera, and instead of the shamrock, the viewers 
were treated to a shamrock-shaped hole in my chest, and you could see the weather map right through me. So <laughs> that's when I learned, okay, that's the color you can't wear in front of the uh, weather maps. Oh, my gosh. I, I wish YouTube had been around then. That would have been great to see. I'm happy. I'm, ha- I'm very, very happy that YouTube was not around <laughs> early on in my weather career because uh, there would have been records of, uh, of, of other things like that, too. There was, there was this one particular uh, time where, see, I, I, guess I, I guess I can share this. I would, at, at my first television station, I was doing weather. We had a button to advance our weather maps, and unlike today where, where they're all wireless buttons, this one was actually hooked uh, to the wall via a cord, and the cord plugged in to the back wall. Well, early one evening during weathercast, I was gesturing dramatically in front of the map, and I accidentally yanked the cable right out of the wall, and in order to continue advancing my maps, I, I actually needed to plug the cord back in. Well, unfortunately, the only way to reach the plug was to bend from the waist with my backside squarely to the <laughs> center of the camera. So I, I bent over. Uh, my viewers saw a very different uh, point of view uh, than they had seen before. And, and I guess you could say the, the moon rose early that evening. <laughs> It's too bad somebody in the studio didn't see that you were in trouble and rush over to plug it in for you. It would have been nice. Yes, yeah. It would have been. Well, I really appreciated hearing uh, your stories today. I've never interviewed a weatherman before, but we are definitely paying a lot more attention to you guys these days than we used to. It just seems like there's more and more weather news. So thank you so much for joining us, and thanks for sharing your story in Chicken Soup for the Soul, Step Outside Your Comfort Zone. So, you know, it's our last podcast before Christmas, so I need to thank some people on our team and wish everyone a very Merry Christmas. And I want to thank the people who have helped me to make this podcast possible all year. My producer, Chad Dugatz, my assistant, Mary Fisher, who helps put these episodes together, our associate publisher, Diet Corona, our senior editor, Barbara LaMonaco, and the rest of our publishing team, because they all help create the books that provide all the material for this podcast. And so the additional people I want to thank are Ronell Frankel, Christy Pastor, Maureen Peltier, Victor Cataldo, and Dan Zagari. And I also want to thank our social media gurus, Maria Papa and Jackie Ryan, because they create all those daily posts that help lead you to each new episode. Now, next week, we're going to be rerunning a fabulous week of podcasts that are all about resolutions and how to make them and keep them. And then we'll be back with new episodes on January 3rd with a whole lot of inspiration and motivation for the new year and some ideas for resolutions that you can make that will actually work. Nick, do you have a New Year's resolution? I guess I really do because I've just begun to write a blog. It's been something that I've been wanting to do. You know, I've, I've written stories for Chicken Soup. Uh, I've, I've written other stories, too, about my experiences, not just on TV, but as a parent, about people I've met, about things I've learned. And so, so I'm actually starting a blog right, uh, right here at the end of the year or the first of the year, uh, nickwalkerblog.com, if, in case anybody's interested. But... I I guess it's time to get some of these stories out uh, and just see if anybody else is interested in them. 
Well, writing a blog is a big commitment. It takes a lot of discipline, and that sounds like a wonderful New Year's resolution, and we'll all appreciate reading your stories. So thanks again for appearing, and have a really wonderful Christmas. You too, Amy. Thank you so much.